you're able to work you were so thankful for that. We thank you for the study and for that, those that have come. We pray for our neighborhood. We pray for the outreach here. We pray for our church. Pray that everything for you will be glorified. We don't want to be behind you, but we definitely don't want to be ahead of you. We want to be right, right with you. So give us clear direction. And I pray for the study tonight that everything that is said and done would be to honor and glorify you. We just thank you for what what you're going to do and how you're going to do these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark. Mark, chapter number six. And the text will be reading will be verses seven through, seven through 13. Last time we met, uh, we've done quite a long review. That was probably been seven weeks since we met. But again, I want to give some reminders of what Jesus has been doing. You know, repetition is good. always good. Always. He's been showing the people who he is by his authority over nature, by his authority over demons, over physical life, both healings and raising the dead. And over the call of people in their personal lives to come and follow him, showing his compassion, willing to touch the unclean, both physically and spiritually, to make himself even, you know, they never, they never, you never read in the scripture where they said he was unclean, even though he was touched, he touched the lepers and things, they never claims he was unclean, but he was willing to do that. And his desire to touch the rejected and the poor. Actually, it was something making him unclean. It, it did. Yeah, just the opposite. That's right. <laughs> it's showing the need to pray and to have a relationship with God. So you been doing that. We've seen and know the Holy Spirit is active in his life as well as others. And in the background of all this, we have 12 ordinary men, less desirable in their religious community. They're fishermen, tax collectors, the zealot, some even rowdy brothers, the sons of thunder. And yet, these had a special relationship with Jesus. Even so, that he would give some nickname. That's how that's how intimate he was with with these men. That's how intimate he was. And you know, you always picture I've always pictured Jesus as being uh, kind of stern and not having much of a sense of humor and things. But I believe this shows a part of Jesus that oftentimes we miss. I know dealing with me, you've got to have a sense of humor, right? <laughs> um he has chosen these men not because of their abilities or their background, but as a rebuke to the religious system that has gone, grown corrupt. We really don't know why God chooses people. I mean, Warner always used to say it's, it's reasons for other reasons. Mm -hmm. Others, yeah. Others only. That's a very good. You know, we don't know. He knows. We don't. Yeah. Jesus took uh, these unimpressive men and changed the world. Here in Mark, he has been in the process of demonstrating how they are to react to people. He's been living a life in front of these men, and he is their everyday example of what he's been doing. They could see he was a real person. Not a fake, not a show, and in contrast to the religious system. Uh, he was not intimidated by anyone or any circumstance. His message did not change. Repent, which we are called to do today. Repent, the kingdom of God is here. And it is still the same message today. Repentance is still the call. He has been showing 
them that the same response he was getting would be theirs as well. I mean, people come to the church for different reasons. Habits, relationships, to check it off in a box, uh, makes them feel good, or just maybe they like the pastor. But we are to come to worship. And with that worship, we get we get some of these benefits, the relationships and things like that. The true message will not be accepted by all. And there may be consequences for those who stand firm. You know, and I and the next the next study we do right after this, it gives the, the death of John the Baptist. And I believe that's one of the one of the reasons that Mark puts that in there. You can do all the right things and live a godly life and still still be persecuted and killed, so to speak. We believe. I believe that's one. We're going to talk about that some more. In Acts 14, here Paul and Barnabas went to Lystra proclaiming the gospel. Acts 14, verse 19. It says, we see Jews arriving from Antioch and Iconium and having won over the crowds. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. But the disciples formed a circle around him. You know, I like that. They come, and the disciples, those that love the Lord, came and formed a circle around Paul. That was a that was a big encouragement. You know, that was you know, and we we need that that as well. That's why I was. That's why the God has has formed the church to be an encouragement to each other. That's one of the reasons. And he got up and went back into the city. And the next day he went on with Barnabas to debris. They preached the good news to that city and made many disciples. Then they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening and establishing hearts of the disciples, encouraging them to remain firm in the faith, saved. It is through many tribulations and hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. And that's that's the point. Is is uh, this life that we're going to we live is not always going to be an easy life. It, ta it takes boldness really in this life because it's so easy to cower um, and witness and even the neighbors and things like that, you know. Second Timothy 3.12 says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. Paul here is warning believers that there will be opposition to them. He at one time was an oppressor to believers and his life was changed in an instant and he never looked back or regretted it but instead, look for a crown of righteousness. That's in 2 Timothy 4, 8. Just as Paul warned believers after the cross, I see Jesus relating the message to his disciples and at the same time, demonstrating with his actions that he was able to meet their every need. Nothing is or was beyond his power his abilities. Jesus is sending his chosen 12 with the message of repentance and he gives them special powers to confirm this message. The message is repent and turn to God. And we'll look at that in, in Mark 6 verse 12. They are sent to a hostile world. It may be a test of their faith in him. God will not send you where he is not willing to go. He has been demonstrating this. Jesus has thus, thus far instructed them to take no food, no traveler's bag, no money, no change of clothes, which would have taken time to prepare. And I believe their mission <laughs> was urgent. Go now. But he allowed sandals, one staff, <coughs> They were to take a companion, 
and they were equipped with authority and power. They were instructed, and I think this is very important too, in Matthew, they were instructed to freely give because they had freely received. I think that's a that's an important message as well. We left off with verse 11 with more instructions as to their actions, where they were to go and not to go, and what they were to preach, which was in verse 12. The message is to repent and turn to God. Uh, and 13 gives us heads up as to their success and to Jesus who gave them authority. And in that, I mean, he was able to delegate his authority and power. No one else, not even prophets, they were given power, but they couldn't delegate that power to another. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't say, okay, you have these powers now. Only Jesus was the only one that was given authority from God. And in Jesus, being part of that, that trinity there, was able to delegate that power to them, to these 12. So let's read our text. It's kind of a short text. So starting in verse 7 of uh, Mark 6, it says, and he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. He gave them power over unclean spirits. <coughs> he commanded them to take nothing for their journey except the staff. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Also, he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony <clears throat> against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out demons and appointed and anointed with oil many who were sick. And he'll heal them. Okay. So we started with uh, verse number 11. It's where we really picked, left off last week. And uh, whoever will not receive you nor hear you, we talked about and we talked quite a bit uh, at length about uh, they will accept you but they won't accept your message or Jesus's message. We talked a lot about that. Uh, the apostles were sent out probably to, strength, to strangers and at large, and even though they were strangers, the people would have known that they were Jesus's disciples because of the message and the works. Remember, there, were, there would have been many rabbis in that day, and they all had followers, and the way you would know whose followers they were was who they uh who they took at you know a lot of, a lot of times we do that today we might we've all got the special preachers that we like to listen to and things like that so we tend to to gravitate and our teaching tends to be kind of like that so jesus uh and then and then jesus tells them to seek out who is hospitable in Matthew 10, 11, now, who, now uh, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy. And stay there till you go out. Now, there's, there's something special about that. There is security that we have being a member of God's family. And part of that is being with his people. There's a, there's a security in that with us you know and i've said it i've said it many times that i feel closer to this to this family blue ridge bible church than i actually feel to to my actual brothers and sisters for some of them anyway you know it's just because of that unity we have there's a you know and and jesus sent <clears throat> these disciples out you know, and, and really, he didn't really totally send them out 
into the wolves, even though Matthew says that, but he sent them out into places where they could get that hospitality. You know, he, he prepared the way, basically, is, is, is how I think. God has established the church and family for a reason. Love, understanding, fellowship, helping, giving, and forgiving. That's a, that's a big part of it, too, is forgiving. Jesus tells them to seek out people who will be good hosts. And remember, this is their first trip on their own. Jesus was not sending them out totally to the wolves. As mature believers, we are to go everywhere. You know, and, uh, and I think maybe last week that uh, I had mentioned, talked about Dennis, who had, had said that Marshall week before, actually, how that uh, when they first got married down in Raleigh, they went, started the neighborhood where they lived and they would visit three or four houses ever, I think he said it was every Monday, is that what he said? I think, I think he said that. And some, some Mondays he wouldn't want to go and Marsha would encourage him and some she wouldn't want to go and he would encourage her. So there's that, there's that companionship and we can see that in Jesus sending these out two by two. And, 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 the, and the encouragement we get in the church uh, as far as, uh, even as far as reading the word, you know, we all need that encouragement to do that because it's, it's so easy to go to church, come home and not do that. So we all need that encouragement. And I really appreciate this church reminding us of that regularly, if not every week. Read the scripture, get in the scripture every day. This was for these 12 apostles at this time. Later we know that they will be sent to the world and suffer greatly. Also in Mark uh, 10, 5, these 12 were sent out and see, these, these 12 were sent out and committed them saying, do not go the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost house of the sheep of Israel, or the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So in there, he puts where they're, where they're to go as well when they go. They're not to go down to Samaria, uh, up to Tyre and Sidon, which was up, which was kind of a Gentile area. I guess across the lake uh, where he healed the demoniac, that was a, I think that was a Gentile area as well. So there were certain areas that they were not to go intentionally. Now, again, we had mentioned before that they were not told not to minister to the Gentiles. He didn't say if you come across a Gentile, shut them aside. But that was not their specific mission. That would come later. Uh, um, verse 11b it says and and whatever it says and whoever will not receive you or hear you when you depart from there shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them the thought the thought here in reflection to what they had just had just happened in nazareth of being totally rejected jesus was totally rejected the kingdom message makes people choose either to accept the message or to reject it. No straddling fence. You are either in or out. Remember those who didn't believe Jairus' daughter was dead? They mocked Jesus. What did he do? He put them outside. Remember he put them outside. That's, that's a Mark 540. What about Jesus' family in Capernaum? They were on the out, outside, and Jesus was on the inside. Remember when he was teaching there? That's in Mark 3, 31 and 32. They even thought he was possessed. Yeah, the, yeah, the people, people yeah. that he did. You know, and even his family had came up uh, yeah. from Nazareth yeah. to kind of get him. Yeah. They wanted to, right. 
beginning. They thought he was, actually, I think yeah. the scripture said they thought he was sick. Yeah, but uh, but he came, and uh, if you remember, they were on the outside, and Jesus had made the comment about them being on the outside. It's, it's the, my brothers and sisters are here with me, is what he said. And in the event of the four souls, those who didn't believe were considered outsiders. They were told parables. Mark 4.11, to you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, they get everything in parables. So they say there's a, a difference in being on the outside and being on the inside. And then back to shaking the dust off their feet. The Jews knew they were God's chosen people. So they felt superior to the Gentiles. So Gentile areas like Samaria and others where they would go through to do business or to trade. When entering back into Jewish land again, they would shake the dust off their feet and even close as an act of separating themselves from heathen nations. So the, so the Jews the Jews knew this. They'd done this. And so when they seen these disciples doing that, when they're rejected, then they knew. So the, so the, so Jesus was using this action against the Jewish villages to show a graphic picture of his dis, disapproval, just as they would do to the to these uh, Gentiles and even the Samaritans. They would have known the meaning here. Uh, Jesus' disciples were pronouncing judgment actually without saying a word. The Jews would understand that. You know, and I would hope that it would make them reconsider their treatment of the message. Probably some it did, others it didn't. In any event, it would make the people either accept or reject the message. You know, there's, there's no middle ground. You know, there's no being half saved. You know, I mean, it's terrible. Terrible. Walter Weasel had a, a good quote. It says for Walter Weasel, W-E-S. For the Jews, heathen dust was defiled. The significance of the act here is to delegate, declare the place to be heathen. And to make it clear that those who reject the message must now answer for themselves. The disciples' message, like that of Jesus bringing judgment as well as salvation, this always happens when the gospel is preached. That's the end for it. You know, Larry, I think that uh, we've been talking about that making it clear to us is a very important step in God's mercy toward us because. I hear testimonies all the time of people who thought they were saved for a long time and were not. And it's always good to have that challenge to think about the relationship. I know I've had that in my life. And I think it's a very it's a, it's very important to be to be in the scriptures and to give God an opportunity to challenge our life. Yeah, we had a, a fellow church we came to before we came here that was a deacon in the church. And uh, a good man. I mean, to look at his life, you'd think it was a, you think it was, you'd th you would have thought he was in the family. But years later, he came and uh, and told us <clears throat> that uh, he got saved. That he had, he was never actually in the family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's and it's good it's good to hear stories. Yeah, stories like that. Most of the time, when people are like that, if they think they're in the family, Satan has got a bind, mm -hmm. a bind on them. But again. We know that that bind is not too strong for God Amen. to break. You know, it's you know that, and that's that's really what worries me about these at this school thing. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just going to share this. There was uh, one little boy that came out this past this past Thursday, wanted to talk about the gospel, and the gospel was shared with him, and um, he didn't really know how to pray and so the other teacher led him in a prayer and he 
you know, and she said, you want to accept you? He said, yeah. So he did. And so later on, about 20 minutes later, we're out standing in the line for the kids to pick them up. And I, and, uh, I said, now tell Miss Linda here what you done today. And this was another, another teacher that was in there. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, tell her what happened in that back room. I don't know, nothing. You know, mm, that, just, yeah. that just goes to show you that that the, the spirit wasn't really working. Mm, you know, mm, you know. So I so you gotta be very, very careful. You, you don't do, wanna, you, really you know, and that and that's a real burden of mine, big man. Real burden. Yes. I heard this um, the speaker um, talking about it, <clears throat> about just that. He said the minute that that happens. From that time on, Satan is diligently, mm -hmm. diligently yeah. doing what he can mm -hmm. to pull the seed away. Yeah. Like Pastor Peter has mm -hmm. said so many times, and it helped me to understand that the parable of the sower. Because I was mm -hmm. kind of, how's that happen? But he was saying, saying just diligently is like, yeah. okay. We're hammering this person. I'm not worried about this person over here. That's uh, that doesn't care anything about uh, spiritual things. But um, this person right here thinks they're good to go, and I'm diligently going to be working on them to do what I can to yeah. pull them away. And I was like, ah, that's a sad thing. I know we church, but kind of helped me understand that yeah. a little better. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll, I think a large percentage of evangelical churches mean a lot of people are not. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because salvation is a rare. It is, and I read a statistic here just just last day or two where it says a third of the people that left the church during COVID have have not returned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just talking about a third that. of them. That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of people that, that was in the church. That this is people that were supposed to be in the church. So it doesn't mean that God was using COVID to call yeah. call the church, sift out. weed yeah. out, sift out those who claim to be Christians but were really not. I, I mean, so. I, I think that was maybe part of the reason for COVID. So you have everything happens God's and persecution does the same thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. A lot, you know, when a persecution hits a church, for instance, or whatever, those who are who have always claimed to be Christians, but when persecution hits, they're out of there. That tells you a lot right there. Yeah. It's better. It's better that they not be in the church if they're going to be. <clears throat> hypocrites in the church. Yeah. yeah. You're, right. You're right. Infiltrators, right? No, what? Satan's infiltrators. Infiltrators, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Whether they realize it or not, yeah. probably they don't, but Satan does. Yeah, one, sure of, does. one of those people has been deceived. Yeah. And, and uh, the churches and the world are full of people like that. Yeah. Because, because of this world system, because of what this world system teaches, everything is by works. Yeah. You don't right. get nothing. You don't get nothing yeah. unless you work. And that that's what this, I've got a real good friend that uh, we just had lunch with, and and he's he's sure that that uh, he's going to go to heaven mm -hmm. because of his works, because of because he says he has he helps older people out in line. And I mean, paying for their groceries, and and you know, he just he just he can't get get past the fact that God doesn't base salvation on the It's a sad thing, but that's what this world right. system teaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole thing is geared around work. You know, mm -hmm. I earned it. Well, I'll tell you something else. I was just said to Pete. What's another thing scary is he's making doing offer calls. You know, group, group of kids in there. The one that gets up, it may be genuine. The Holy Spirit may be dealing with them. The three or four of them sitting with them. Oh my gosh, they got up and they got up. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, but I'm just saying is I think a, a lot of it is because their buddy did it. Peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
you look at some of these TV evangelists who have been out on there for years and years, and you know they're not true believers. Yeah. Like some of them that will be there, but still not true believers. Yeah. They didn't right. see by this works thing. Yeah. They know what to say. You know, we've talked about it, we've prayed about it. They know the they know the Bible, they've been raised in church and they know what to say. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a, a mercy too from the Lord. Those that fall away from the church and COVID or other things because they themselves aren't deceiving, but they know now. They weren't truly saved, otherwise they'd still be going to church. Yeah. So it gives them, you know, the <clears throat> opportunity, you know, Lord willing to rethink through things and figure out what's going on. You would think so. But um one example is uh Dory's mom. He hasn't darkened the door of any church for decades. Mm -hmm. Yet she's still a Christian. Yeah. She's still Baptist. Yeah. And she got very, very upset some months ago when Dory tried to read a few scriptures. Didn't even really confront her about it. You're going to hell. I didn't say that. Just reading some scriptures. She really Satan was working hard at scripture in her life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. So that's rational, but that's why I say unbelief in the gospel is not a matter of intellectual. It's a heart problem. People will justify it. Anyway, it was hypocrites in the church. We don't know what happened to to them. They went to church in Tennessee for a long time, uh, for several years, and Dory's little girl members going in there and getting vanilla wafers and the juice, you know, and <laughs> teachers like that. But anyway, um, and then all of a sudden they stopped going. And her parents are real, they won't even, even with the family, they won't talk about mm. things, you know, they're mm. really feeling, you know. So she doesn't know what happened, mm. but they're very defensive about all those yeah. hypocrites in church and there's people playing power politics and whatever else yeah. of course it's every church out there we're all yeah. full of this you know, right dory got pulled away into this cult you know that mm. filled with all these people wow that's very true it, that mm -hmm. really that wasn't that was just an excuse for people to leave yeah, you know, people people look for for an excuse to leave. Well, know. look at John chapter six. Jesus said to, you know, the crowd of people who were following him. You know, they they just, a lot of them deserted him, and he said to his disciples, "You will leave too." And Peter said, "What? You have the words." To who else will we go? Yeah, to who else will we go? Only you have. Yeah. Yeah. But but the there are a lot of them who left because the words he had just spoken were pretty well offensive in in the sense of of you know like the cross is offensive yeah yeah stone that makes man stumble yeah and, and, and it, <laughs> the thing that's amazing to me about that passage is that Jesus. Hears them grumbling, and in fact, at one point he says, "Stop grumbling." <laughs> he knows that they are that they're getting offended, mm -hmm. but he doesn't pull back. He steps on the gas, mm -hmm. and it gets worse because they're getting mad at him about saying that he's bread from heaven. And then he goes all the way and says, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood," right? And and that's when they. Oh, yeah, that's that was, it. I'm that was it. I'm gone. too much. And he doesn't run after him. No. He does. He does say, "Okay, the words I speak to you are spirit, not flesh." You know, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, to try to help it. You know, anybody who's a sincere, sincerely puzzled, but he doesn't run after him. Instead, he turns to his disciples and mm -hmm. says, "You're going to go too." Yeah. I mean, that's like totally anti-modern church growth methods. Right. Right. right that would not work it's, in a it's in a, a conference F. church growth conference. That's right. You get an answer. <laughs> Just aren't letting go, is it? Yeah. 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 And he like 
like Pete said, Jesus didn't go after the guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know. What about the building? Yeah. Yeah. And you and you know, right on the right with that, Mark tells us that an outright rejection of the message would be like what it would be like. Says, assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah mm. the day of judgment before that city. Yeah. What Did verse I, is that, honey? Um, that's in Matthew. That yeah. account is in Matthew. Okay, because I didn't see that here. version of it. It's in Mark. I was wondering if uh, uh, Mark said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is legacy. Well, this one here, I'm not sure what version it is. But it has it, but it is in Matthew 15, uh, Matthew 10, 10 verse yeah. 15. Yeah. It is, yeah. But this version has it here in 12. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark 6, 6 11. Yeah. 6 11. Yeah. Yeah. 6 11. This version has it. <clears throat> judging them and they you know and i i think about that when i when we talk a lot about romans this morning about you know sunday school i think a lot about those you know, first chapter of romans where you know he's talking about you know homosexuality and, and, and adultery and murder and disobedience i just it's just like i said the whole chapter just collapses in crime at the end, that's all you can say. It's murder and all kind of stuff. <clears throat> and you can hear <clears throat> Paul's Jewish audience, amen, that's right, amen, amen. And then in chapter two, he turns around and he opens up those barrels of that. Mm -hmm. And he spends twice as much ink condemning the Jewish people who are exactly what Jesus is talking about here as he does the heathens. Mm -hmm. That they're so busy condemning. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. The Jews should have knew. Yeah, right. Because they, they had the message. Yeah. Too. And, 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 they, and they aren't living like that. You're faithful to the wife. You know, they've got the family and doing the, you know, helping the old people in line at the store and all that kind of stuff, you know. But they're they're condemning <coughs> others, you know, and, and boy. The heart just wasn't in the right place. Yeah. Their lifestyle may be because this, these people I know will do any they would do anything for them, you know. And yet their heart is is far from mm. far from the truth. Yeah. And Satan just to see that it's amazing. Mm. Amazing to see the power, even the power of Satan. So the conclusion to what we are saying right now, I think the main is that we need first of all to continue to examine our own heart. Because we can be deceived. Yeah. Oh yeah. To be, to be in the word. That's the that's difference. Be in the word where the word can sound. Mm -hmm. You know, when you read it, read it, read it time and time and time again. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you read it. Doesn't matter how old you are. <laughs> there's still things that you can learn. That's what. That's what. That's why the Bible is so amazing. <laughs> you can listen to one pastor. 
you can listen to two pastors, you can listen to three pastors. They all have the basic same conclusion, but they get there three different ways. Mm -hmm. They've got three different messages. I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. amazing. It's amazing. Well, and you can separate those pastors about 30 years, uh, three generations apart, but still one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even those that don't have the internet. I mean, think, think about those back in the 50s or even, I mean, further back now. Spurgeon, I don't know when was he. Late, late 1800s. I mean, even people way back then that the didn't have the modern things like we have today yeah. and how they're <laughs> the teaching and things is so so real. Thing. Yeah, I mean, even way back, way back. John Piper says all his friends are dead. Hmm. All friends are dead. Yeah. He still has one. Because what, what he means by that is the, the, the teachers that he likes are they're, oh. they're writing books and they're dying. <laughs> they're dying, but you have to read the book. <laughs> all his friends are dead. Okay. <laughs> um, we still have one pile. <laughs> so the, the bottom line is think hard about the warning. seeds and keep sowing seeds yeah. until something germinates. We don't know when that's going to happen. When he'll, when he'll make it germinate. Yeah. I've yeah. used that one. Yeah. Talked to people before and they've talked about different sins. And I'll say it doesn't matter the sin. The sin, there's no you know, category of sins or you know, Richter scale sins. But blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, not blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So, so if you reject Christ, that is the only sin that is un unforgiven. And they can understand that if you say it like that. Because they're going to try to categorize sins and the legitimate sins and the white lies, and, you know, big sins and small sins. And you say, well, it's sin. It's all sin. The only sin that is not forgiven is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit defined by the Bible, which is rejection of Christ, which is yeah. what you just talked There's about. Rejection. Absolute There's rejection of Christ yeah. is a guarantee for hell. Yeah. Right. Sin is yeah. forgiven. Yeah. That is not. Yeah. And they can understand that if you use that. So in these last verses, 7 through 11, Jesus is given specific instructions on what they can take on the journey. Another person, they've been given power, they've been given one staff, no bag, no food, no money, one pair of sandals, one body covering, working. And uh, they must trust on God's provision through his people and be willing to pronounce judgment on those who reject the message. Um, you know, and, and when I say that, they, it, this was specifically for them. They did pronounce judgment by shaking off the dust. They were, they were, they were saying, well, you, have, you have denied the message. We're leaving here. We want to preach somewhere else. So they were. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we can do that because we're not these disciples. We don't know when that 
when the when they will for the last time reject that message. You know what I'm saying? This was a special mm -hmm. time. Right. So it, it's right. not so where to continually present the message. Yeah. It's not a prescription for how to evangelize. It's yeah. a description of how they were to evangelize. Right. Them twelve men Those again 12 want, men. To, want to say this was specific, even yeah. though there's some things in here that we and learn. This yeah. is the age of grace, right? Age of grace. That's right. Uh, so in verse 12, so they went out and preached that people should repeat. Mm -hmm. So they went. Jesus had been working a long time with these men. Now is the first time he's actually shared his responsibility. Not only do they go, they accept his requirements. You know, and that says that says a lot for these men to go with with the requirements that they were given. And these would be no, don't take extra money, you know, don't take a bag, pack the bag of clothes and things like that. No Mountain Dew. But you know, he um what am I thinking here? Um, verse 12, they proclaim that people should repent. The Bible doesn't say, or Jesus didn't say, proclaim that people should obey the law. That's what Jewish mm -hmm. people were all about. Obedience to the law and to the rabbi's interpretation of the law. Yeah. The law is not mentioned here. Works is not mentioned here. What's what is mentioned is repentance from the sins that they were committing, which were, if nothing, at least it was hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. More than that, likely, but hypocrisy for sure. They need to repent of that. For whatever sure. else. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I'm sure these 12 seen that. Yeah, and that two years, two and a half years that they've been following Jesus, they seen what he, what he was preaching for, and what he was preaching against mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, they seen that, so that's what they were to go out and repent, <coughs> preach repentance. Because remember, at the very beginning of Mark, we talked about when these people, these uh, Jews were coming down to be baptized. These religious leaders and, and uh, John the Baptist says, "No, go show that you have repented. Go show signs of repentance." Right, right. Well, uh, yeah. So they knew. They knew. Um, now, John's. Uh, you've heard me say this many times, and this keeps coming up again and again. How do you make the invisible visible? By its effects, right? That's another one. How is it? You can't. You can't see repentance in the heart. Mm -hmm. You can. You can. You know. We're talking about those, like the big meetings, and Rick was talking about mm -hmm. the big altar calls and stuff. And if people come, and there's tears, and there's emotion, you know, and, 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 pray, and then there's joy after they pray the magic prayer or sinner's prayer. And um, okay. In fact, it says in the parable of the soils, you know, they receive it at once with joy, right? Mm -hmm. But the fruit of that, the effect of the invisible reality of, of repentance is obedience. That yeah. stays right and, and over time. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Obedience over time, not just once or twice yeah. or even a few years, but over time. <clears throat> You can't see the spiritual thing. You can see the physical. Yeah, you, you can't the see the spiritual maturity. Spiritual. You can see the physical maturity. People can. That's one. That's have important. positions in the church, but you know, it's physical now show the maturity of that. Right. If you're a teacher or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm 25 years, so I'm obviously an elder or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now let's demonstrate the physical. Like Pete says, you can't, you know, you, you can't see the spiritual maturity. 
And that's that's the only thing that they were saying repent. They had the law of Moses, right? But they had plenty to repent for. And if, mm -hmm. if they said the law, like Eric just said, the law, everybody like the young ruler would say, oh, I've kept the law. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I. <laughs> he didn't say it. He didn't say mention I at all, right? He said repent, because that's all all to, all to do about God. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people who uh, do those altar calls and stuff like that. Yeah, where's the physical? Where's the physical evidence? Where's the proof? Dual criteria for being a Christian: one is definitely repentance, one is obedience, like you said. Yeah, that's right. But the other one is desire. You have to have that desire that you want to be with Him. Sure. And if you, okay, I give Eric for example, when we were dating, I, that's all I want to do is spend time with her. And I still like spending time with her, but I'm just saying, when you first dating, it's fresh and you just kind of got to talk to him, you know, but that's what you should be with Christ all the time. You need to have that desire that you want to be in his word, you want to learn more about him and become intimate with him. Because when you, with someone, you love them more and more as you read and listen to them. And there again, fellowship is very important too. It is. You have to have a fellowship. I talk about fellowship all the time. I <laughs> fellowship is very important because we have lived in the middle. And so through that, but you know, you hear people say, well, I, just don't have I, just, I just don't, I just don't pray. Check your heart there. My dad, right? He, I mean, he was saved as young. <laughs> Absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Moral guy, good. You know, basically keeping the laws, but no evidence of a heart of a heart for Christ. And now with a demented, you know, brain, it's even more evident, physical wise, that there was not a true conversion. Dangerous, dangerous state to be in. That, that relationship grows day by day because I remember Warner Warner telling that when he got married to John, it was like less than a week and he was shipped off in the military and she would write him letters every week. Every week he'd get a letter. And that's how he got to know her mm -hmm. was, was through these letters. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the, with the scripture. Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we know God? I mean, we can't we can't I mean, we pray to him and we can talk like that. He don't audibly talk back to us, right. or he never has me anyway. Through his word, he does. He does, yes, and that's, a, does and that's that through, his, through his letters is how we get to know him. And that's that's how our relationship with him grows is through his letters, you know. And that's how, and you know, these twelve men have grown to trust Jesus. They by day. It wasn't that they just woke up one morning and said, hey, now I think I'm going to follow this guy. Mm -hmm. I love him. You know, it was that day by day interaction with him. <clears throat> and they would have they would have had that interaction, but our interaction is reading the word and then, and then listening to other believers, pastors, preachers, reading things like that, but it's it's that that interaction day by day that uh, that clarifies and the testimony, the proof that our relationship day after day. Yeah, and and the more you read, the more you will understand him, and the more you will grow to love him. I mean, I can I can see that just in the past two years with this Bible study. You know, the, you spend time with him every day, and the more you understand. And you know, the more you the more you understand, the more bold you become. You know, that, that that's true too. The more you understand, because you know what the word says, and so you're able to tell people more if you're in it every day. You know, you understand it. <clears throat> Our lives are lived day by day. <clears throat> this is why we need the word day. Jesus was also giving them something special to test their, to test their faith. He was giving them power and authority mm -hmm. to test their faith. How would they use it? 
That was, that was the test. How would they use this power? Temptation to use it for personal gain would have been great. You know, especially <clears throat> since he sent them no food. You know, they didn't, they didn't have a hotel reservation. They didn't have extra clothes. They could have used that power in, in many, many ways to provide, even to provide for themselves. I think that's one reason why he says uh, <coughs> get, it, get it free. Don't exchange it. You know, don't even, don't even exchange a miracle for something, for food or for housing or anything like that. You know, it, was a, it was a total reliance upon him. <coughs> Verse 10 or Matthew 10 again, this should be uh, should have been all the people needed to see. This should have been all the people needed to see and believe in The apostles casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers. That should have been enough for them. Uh, and that that verse there too is where Jesus says, "Freely you have received." So freely give. Don't uh, don't use for self gain. Not even to support your travels. God's people were to do this. God had prepared the way. He went before them. Um, not even to support your travels. The signs were only there. The miracles were only there to confirm the message. And the message is free. The miracles were there. He gave them these the miracles and the authority to confirm the message. We don't have that today. I don't believe. Why not? Because we have the written word of God. Back then they didn't have the written. It's already been confirmed. So we don't have that. We don't need that. Only God can give that power and authority, not even prophet. This proves Jesus was the Son of God. All authority and power had been given to him, and he could pass it along to be the Jesus. I think that's what we're going to end this week. Next week, we're going to pick up the first earth. Yes. February 12th, today, we'll pick up uh, the verse 12. That should be long time. What's that? Oh, yeah, pick up. And uh, we'll we'll finish with that. And they went out and preached that people should repent. And then hopefully we'll, we'll get into talking uh, and we'll finish this section here. Talking about the gospel, the gospel message. Was it the same message before and after the cross? We've already touched on that. We want to want to read some scripture and things on that as well. Because that was that was kind of new revelation to me hmm. when I when I started studying. I always thought the gospel was always preached by Jesus and the disciples before. But it wasn't the same. Uh, the gospel is the good news. It was good news, but there was there was more that was preached uh, after the cross. We'll look into that later. We run out of time. I appreciate again everybody's input. Any questions or comments? Freely received, freely given. That's right. We get the gospel is free. Gospel is free, but it does come with a cost. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. Kind of yeah. what they call oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not gift. an easy cost. <clears throat> no. uh, it is a, it's a free gift, but it does come with a cost. I mean, the scripture says that for sure. You don't you see it. Be persecuted. You don't see it here, but next next time we have this meeting at the Super Bowl party, if I if I allow the like the larger donors to get VIP seats and stuff, would that be considered? <laughs> uh, that's not freely given and freely receiving anymore. I don't know.
it all depends if I get one good season. Is that what it is? <laughs> that is something to take with you, though. I mean, you freely received it, freely give to it. That's right. So this guy doesn't have any monetary rewards for you. No, they didn't. This guy does. So who do you approach? You know, the guy who could use a shower, this guy who's you know, relatively nice to talk to. Dangerous. It's dangerous to, uh, it's fine. Families over there ready to get just butchered. That's where the rubber unless you take your Bible and throw it down. That's a wow. Keep saying that we may we may end up like that. There may be times when we will be persecuted, and how will we react at that time? That's where ice are going to guillotine. We might. Yeah, I agree. And it may get to where we have to depend upon the church for I mean people here for for our daily needs, you know. Well, that's what happened in Jerusalem. Yeah, the believers exactly. in Jerusalem when persecution was hot, <coughs> they depended on the other churches around the Mediterranean Gentiles. to help them. Gentiles. Gentile churches. Yeah. Man. The church at Jerusalem to be a, 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 a bunch of that says a lot. And you can you can imagine how God used that to bring a lot of the Jewish Christians who were still having a hard time accepting that the Holy Spirit was being given to those Gentiles. Yeah. And Paul comes in there with that gift. Yeah. Paul Barnabas has to And generous gift. And he tells a story after story after story. This this woman here and that yeah. older gentleman there. And this child even gave someone over here. And you know, and the stories must have just brought them to tears sure. of, of how God moved through those yeah, Gentiles. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting to have like a courtroom where they have a stenographer that recorded every mm -hmm. word? <clears throat> Here in the scripture, we just get bits and pieces, yeah. highlights. Right. Mm -hmm. even, the, right. even the talk that probably went on in the background amongst these 12 apostles, even at this time, you know, where we're going to go, how we're going to make it, you know, we're going to have to depend on him to have, you know, all the, all the things that, that would have went around at that time. Somebody kept all that data. Your God, go ahead. 
He's got that. He's down. He accounts for. Yeah, he's got it all. He's got it written down. Thank you. Dr. Crawford said he thinks 